Action Park Media. Welcome to another episode of Victory the Podcast. I'm Doug Ellen. And I'm Kevin Dillon. Victory! All right, and in honor of Kevin Dillon, who's not up for it right now, he's doing uh, uh, Irish coffee, but I'm going to do an Irish crickets, Kev, for you. Happy New Year. Oh, man, look at that. Yeah. Hmm. Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year, buddy. This is a good time to see Kev, who looks great, but Kevin has been sick, and uh, you look good. How are you feeling? I feel okay. I feel okay. Uh, a little rough still. I'm just tired. You know, this thing just beats you up. You know, and uh, but I'm finally I can see the up through the woods and I feel a lot better today. So, yeah, but Kev, I've heard I've heard people say that, like, man, this thing is really kicking my ass. Like multiple people have said that. Is that how you feel? Like it's kicking your ass, huh? I I do. I constantly I'll wake up in the morning saying this is I feel better today. Forty five minutes later, I'm like, I got to lay down. I'm so tired, you know. Right. Well, you look and I lost a ton of weight. I I was about to say you look lean now. That's right, lean, not skinny. Not skinny, bro. You <laughs> got lean. And and just uh, you know, a, a shout out. You know, Kevin. Kevin's been sick, but he's great, and he's going to be fine. Thank God. My dad is actually in thank the God. hospital right now, not with COVID, but other complications. So oh, prayers no, up Doug, for Marv. I'm sorry to hear that. Prayers up for Marv. Yeah. Prayers for Marv. So, Marv's a beast, though. He'll be all right. Prayers for Marv. Yeah, great guy. Yeah, but you're looking lean, Kevin. Uh, but- speaking of lean, what you don't see is that Doug is getting in shape, Kev. And it's through this app. So Doug has been really? quietly, I think it's due to the some of the tension that Doug and I are having. He's he's preparing for a face-off. So he's Ooh. he's doing this like push-up app. And and I, I hate to say it, bro. I'm seeing the results. And I'm I, I had to start. I had to get the app and Looking start ripped. doing my push-ups Looking in case ripped. Doug gets cute. Yeah. yeah, you know what? Seriously, my my girlfriend, I came out of the shower and she thought I was Brad Pitt. She kind of no, freaked she out. No, she didn't. She knew you were. <laughs> she might have lied. I'm She's pretty an actor. sure she didn't think that. <laughs> She's an actor, so she might have been lying, but she definitely put on a good performance. Dude. She gave me one of those wow i got abs right now i've been i've been coughing so much i got i got crazy abs right now <laughs> the covid diet man you just cough so much and you don't can't eat because you can't taste anything yeah I, you know what kev i meant to ask you that you were telling me on the on the phone the other day we were talking what happened with the bacon did you you were making bacon or something and did you do did you make the bacon yeah i cooked the bacon i couldn't smell anything i mean it was crazy i cooked the, you know half the bacon and it's popping everywhere, and I'm tasting it, and you can't taste anything. You can kind of sense the. Let salt. me ask you something, Kevin, because I, I have no idea if I had it, but the day the day Kobe died, which I believe was January, it's coming up on a year, yeah, January 27th or February 27th, something like that. Yeah. But I was sick for 25 days. I lost over 20 pounds. I could not eat. I have no idea if it was the flu or not. I haven't gotten an antibody test. But did you have any moments of, because uh, I did. I had moments where I thought I was, I literally thought I was going to be ending up in the hospital. Did you have anything scary or just you don't feel I good? did, yeah. I, I um, you know, I went to Malibu Urgent Care and that's where they said, you got it. I, I was, I had a fever at like four o'clock in the morning and I was like, this is not normal. Next day I went to Urgent Care. I had it. I've been quarantining the whole time about seven, maybe eight days in. I wasn't getting better. I was getting felt like I was getting worse. My cough was getting really bad. So uh, I called up. They say, get back in here. And I came back in. They gave me chest x-rays. And then they put me on a steroid, a little steroid thing. And that kind of turned it around for me. It really did. Good. And, and just so everyone knows, I mean, the last time 
we were in a room together. You just had a test and I just had a test and we were both negative. So that's how, how yeah. quickly, quick it happens. That's right? how quick it happens. Yeah, so. That's why don't assume that you already had it, even though maybe you did. I, if anything, you want to get that antibody test. I, I, nobody's been tested more than me is the crazy thing. You know, and I don't know and, if uh, I'm I don't know if I'm paranoid or what, but I honestly don't leave the house except for, for this podcast where Connolly was tested, who's obviously extremely careful because his. Uh, his girl yeah, is pregnant. Yeah, my girl's pregnant, so I'm 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 super careful. So, so but anyway, but, thank, he, but you look good. Dylan yeah. looks great. Thank he God does. you're okay. But Dylan, what you know who? Well, you, I'm lean. Yeah, you are lean. I see you. you I see yourself. You, you're getting back to yourself. Yeah. But Dil- and but I Dylan, noticed the dinosaur head. Oh, I was going to say, you know what? You don't look <laughs> you as good that? at Dylan. You don't look as there good as go. that dinosaur oh, head. Show yeah, us that. That's my baby. It's an Allosaurus. Doug, you got one just like it at home, right? I don't. I let you have it. You keep thinking there were two. I don't have no, it. No, no. There was three, Doug. There was well, three. You told Conley me that. Might have uh, taken Doug, Doug has like a, a, a garage. One of these days, Doug, yes. you're going to be like one of those old guys. Like when Doug dies, you're going to go into like his garage. He's a hoarder. find gold mine after gold mine of like entourage memorabilia that you don't know you have. You have a giant house. It's in the garage. I'll bet you. I oh, want a shot at old. your garage. He's got all kinds <laughs> of goodies in there. First of all, I just want you to know that Connolly threw out I have a giant house because that's contract negotiation chip. My house is not giant. I have a very beautiful house. It is certainly not giant. You have a very... We need we cash, got Kevin. Spread. It's got we, a spread. Hey, speaking of which, let's put that fucking puppy to bed. Yeah. Did you guys get your... Yep. Paychecks By the from way, got- Action Park Media. Uh, you know, I, I heard I got a paycheck. Yes, we you did. We're not going to talk so. numbers. We're not going to talk numbers. <laughs> you guys have been paid. Hey, it's nice that I this, don't uh, this thing's here. paying off. Pay your own parking tickets, Doug. You fucking rich motherfucker. You're I paid to, now. I have to tell you, I'm being very <laughs> serious. This started was going to be hopefully fun, which it has been. But Kevin Connolly has actually delivered real checks. And 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 it's not buying me a giant house. All right. But it's <laughs> it's buying me a lot of Irish crickets a to drink. A lot of Irish crickets. A lot of proper there 12 getting bought. You can buy a shit ton of proper 12. You don't have to steal any from my fucking. So it's it's go. been great. There and I'll go. tell you, we were talking about entourage memorabilia. Last night, I spoke to Janice Tajdian, who was our amazing amazing post-production supervisor who's going to come on the podcast. And uh, she was reminding me of some memories. And I have to find this letter that James Cameron wrote that you Aqu- better have a letter from James. Cameron. Aquaman cannot be a bomb, though. So when we was get- it a letter? It was a letter. You better, you better find that. Letter. I'm not talking a small letter. I'm talking a detailed letter that changed the course of Entourage because Aquaman was going to be a bomb. And then James Cameron's like, you cannot. Uh, libel me that way. I don't make bombs, and he's and right. He doesn't. Make it's true. Does he doesn't bomb. make bombs. He absolutely he make does bombs. not. So anyway, Kevin is. I'm really serious. Like we're we're all being a little funny, but we were worried about you. Thank God you're okay, and you do look great. He does. So and thanks, I'm glad man. you guys got your paychecks. Now get off my fucking back. You got paid, and it's gonna be, now <laughs> I want a parking way, space. Now you get. I want a parking space. Now you get paid once a month. I don't want to hear. Can we get our parking spaces back, please? Yeah, we're going to get our parking spaces back. But more importantly, you're going to love this. Kevin Dillon, we got something to talk about. First of all, everyone out there, uh, there is no ploy here. I really mean this. I'm enjoying being with everybody else and everybody wants to get this done. If you really want an Entourage reboot, the podcast is the way to do it. Spread the word. Give us a five-star review. The jerk-off, by the way, who wrote oh, that review Doug on Apple. Bent out of shape well, about... I, I'm not even bent out of shape. It was so clearly well, a personal attack. Number inside job. It was an inside job, Kevin. Someone someone <laughs> wrote something that was so personal about me, which you guys can all look at in an Apple podcast. Find out who he is and fucking ruin his life. This, <laughs> You're never going to find out. This loser. But anyway, my point was, Kev, I don't know if you heard during COVID, but they're rebooting Sex in the City. Do you know that? I did hear that. Remember, I sent you uh, the uh, the link. Oh, that's right. Which, it's by our the way, turn. Let's go. 
Kevin Dillon learning how to send the link is Kevin amazing. Kevin Dillon is sending links. Yeah. So, but, uh, you <laughs> know, they're too doing much it without... time, man. I'm doing puzzles and just <laughs> too much time on my hands. <laughs> but Sex in the City is going and, you know, they're doing it without Kim Cattrall, which is what? Let's be real clear about this. Adrian Grenier, we're not doing the movie without you or the TV show or anything else. So you will come back. I saw him. Maybe it was Grenier that wrote that review. Everyone's got to check out Grenier's Instagram because he's naked jumping into a pool in 32 degrees. (laughs) If you want to see him naked, if you want to see him play a polar bear, whatever you want. But get on Grenier. Grenier, you're coming on the podcast. You're getting on. You've been getting on. Because you know on today, Dylan, we got Rex Lee, Rex which should Lee be coming fun. In today. And nice. In. So you know Jake Steinfeld, body by Jake, you know, one of my yeah. one of my close friends. I love him. So Jake comes in. He first of all, he loves the podcast, which is how how he called me up and said he's been listening to the podcast. He said, you know, I'm starting my own podcast. So he's got this great podcast that'll air soon. But he said, I want to come down and say hello and check out the office. He came in, which it's hard to believe. He met the businessman Kevin Connolly. And somehow it charmed the pants off him straight out of Shark Tank. (laughs) He saw a business here that Kevin convinced. So he's putting together a whole business plan to raise some real money to put into Action Park and, and try to blow out Kevin's whole company. Ethan Suplee. I want to race. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Kev, I got to go before race. the sharks. I got to go before the sharks. So I've been watching episodes on uh, on YouTube it, to it, prepare. It for is the pretty wild. But Connolly's got you know he's got victory. He's got missing curfew. He's got Suplee. He's got the uh, oh, we got a bunch. We got home team. We got the no home gruff team. We, we, are, we got podcasts, bro. So we're number one though. Don't forget that number one right by here. Way, officially, I can say finally that you guys are number one. Wow. Yeah, he's still finally. calling it you guys though. He's still calling carrying your other shows, (laughs) carrying all the other shows, Doug. But Dylan, we may want you to come in because what happens if you ever watch Shark Tank, which I watch legitimately every day, even the repeats, and you learn how like young entrepreneurs start a business, and they're gonna grill Connolly just as Mark Cuban does on that show. I'm not scared. In fact, I look forward to it. Kev, I'm gonna have to hold a quarterly board meeting. I'm gonna have to hold a quarterly board meeting. I mean, come on, I was made. For a board meeting. I'm a board meeting guy. So now you know Warren Buffett. Because you're boring. (laughs) Warren Buffett came on Entourage and said, but we got to do one thing for him. And that was, uh, we had to shoot something for his board meeting for the biggest company in the world. Right. So I think, Dylan, it's going to be important. Don't fucking sleep on this. You're going to need to show up at this board meeting for some star power. I'm dying to get out of here. I've been sitting in this house for two weeks. I got to get out of here. When when can you get out? I can't get COVID again, so... Well, that's what I'm saying. But when can you get out, Kev? Like, how does that work? I probably will go back to uh, urgent care and get tested again just to make sure that I can. Right. You know, I want to make sure I'm totally good. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, good. I've done a lot of reading up and I've heard that, you know, it's been over 14 days since I got saw symptoms. So I think I should be okay by now. Here's what I'm proposing. We're going to have this meeting with Jake Steinfeld where Connolly is. I don't think he's got enough star power to carry it. So I as soon as I you're do. clear, we're bringing Dylan in for the I, meeting. I won't even bring in Dylan. I'll stand that cardboard cutout right behind me <laughs> so they know. <laughs> they know the power. They, All know, right. they know who I got in the bullpen if need be. All right. Well, the bottom line is big things are coming for Action Park Media. And everybody, please just follow the Instagram page, hit the five-star review, and spread the word. Doug, here's the thing. When you say, when you tell people not to do it, they're going to do it. Be nice on the on the Apple page. By the way, if you want to curse Doug out and tell him he sucks, DM him. This was an inside job. Doug is convinced. Doug, Doug, no, no, not Doug convinced. shot me a list I of my suspects. Life. Who do you think I it was, Doug? Who did it? Who did it? <laughs> you know what? He's I, got it narrowed I, down. Connelly. By the way, I, 
I've got a list of suspects, but, uh, you know, listen, it's stupid. The The, the funny thing about Doug is for a guy who's been reviewed heavily by 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 real New York Times and like on on the Apple page, anybody can leave a review and that one would get him bent. And it hurts his feelings. Yeah, It hurts his feelings (laughs) when he's been challenged by some of the great publications. Let me tell you something right now. Let me be very crystal clear. Roger Ebert said I needed to go to screenwriting class. Okay, that hurt. What? what this yeah this this is uh a little he told a me little, i needed to go to acting class this was after <laughs> did he no this is after I think he a little threw me under the bus a couple times too yeah they, they he didn't like but ebert said i need to go to screenwriting class after a little movie called kissing a fool oh, came boy. out in 1996 oh, oh, guess, who, guess no. who has rex lee has entered the building i just need to finish this thought and then we're gonna get to rex lee but this review that this person put down was not a review this was a personal attack personal on attack. me and i'm gonna find you motherfucker and you're yeah. going to fucking see my wrath, I'm telling you right now. So anyway, when oh, we come no. back from the break, Rex, Rex Lee. Lee. All right, welcome back. Very special guest. One of, to be honest with you, one of like one of the most iconic characters from the show because since day one, and Kevin Connolly will tell you this is true, when we got to play golf with Wayne Gretzky about 15 years ago, who is, you know, one of our idols, the first thing he said is, I want to meet Lloyd, correct? Wow. And, You've never told me that before. Yep. And on Instagram. Meanwhile, today, Rex is going, who's Wayne Gretzky? No, come on. <laughs> I know who Wayne Gretzky is. Well, I posted today that Rex would be on the show, and Piers Morgan immediately writes, Lloyd on the thing. Really? So, I saw that on yep. Instagram. By the way, yeah. get Piers Morgan on. We can get Piers Morgan on. I guess he wants to. Uh, Piers Morgan is very excited for day one, yeah. by the way. This is a new show, Lloyd, that that, that maybe, <laughs> Dylan, maybe Dylan and you will have roles in. I don't know about Connie. But anyway, welcome, Rex. How you doing, buddy? I'm great. I'm yeah. happy to be here. Thanks for coming in, Rex. You're yeah, no problem. Good. We're going to try to get Jeremy to call in. We'll see if we can or not. I know you guys ran into each other somewhere he was talking about. like He said uh, unpacking a car or something. Oh, strange. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we Apparently, we both have um, storage space at the same facility. <laughs> so I was amazing. there. I just you know went there for the first time in years. And I was parking and i'm like i think i know that guy (laughs) (laughs) that is very strange by the way and i would love to spend some time maybe we'll do a whole episode on what piven's got in a storage facility that's a little fucking weird he's probably got entourage memorabilia like you doug i mean i'm serious he's got that t-rex skull in his uh i I hope i'm not like you know invading his privacy but he had like a lot of framed posters that he was leaving with and some of them and some of them were from from entourage he said that on the podcast that you caught him pulling an entourage poster out of, out of storage. <laughs> Let's get into Rex. Uh, we'll throw in a little side first. You, uh, you, you did a little movie with my girlfriend, Sarah Sanderson. That's true. Which, yeah. Uh, we may have to throw that clip up. Do you remember her? Was she nice? Oh, she was awesome. She was probably one of the nicest people on set. You know what? She really is one of the nicest people in the world. I, I she hates my guts, but, uh, <laughs> but it's all good. So we want to get into Rex. We want to talk about your whole career, obviously, but we want to focus on entourage. And I think for every actor, are out there rex's story which i don't even know if you know this is a is a good story because now especially in this time when diversity is finally becoming like a really important thing that role i wrote as i said ari would hire an assistant and we don't know who he would hire whether they're black whether they're asian whether they're gay we have no idea what it is so let's get the best actor let's get the funniest people and rex came in and blew it away and Connolly seems to have told me a story that i didn't know that you worked for a casting director is that true rex yes i worked um for commercial casting directors so we, they cast commercials but you weren't acting or oh no i totally was acting but that, was, that my... was a side job yeah that was my side job right so do you remember when the part came to you or any of that stuff? Oh, I remember all of it. Tell us. Tell us. 
The first thing you need to know, especially because you brought up my job as an assistant, is I did five years of research without knowing I was doing it, right? I watched season one of Entourage and I loved it. And then when they released the breakdown for Lloyd and I saw the sides, I was like, oh, this seems really easy. Like, I totally get this. Like, it was my life. And weirdly enough, I guess it was that easy. (laughs) I'd been living that life and then they gave me lines that sort of like... (laughs) jived with what my life was like and you know i i do remember when you came in for the audition and it was just like you know there's a couple of people who have come in i said this to emmanuel too where it's like oh fuck we're gonna have to we're gonna have to figure out a lot for this guy because it's really <laughs> great and honestly that's before i ever saw you with jeremy which was a, an amazing combination what was your working relationship like with jeremy it was great um there was a lot of respect and you know i don't think jeremy suffers fools gladly and so I just, whatever, I just knew this guy respected me as an actor and that we were going to have a great relationship, and we did. Jeremy talked about when he was here a couple of weeks ago, you know, he'd wake up and read these lines, and everybody always asked, now, could this be done today? Did you, and it's okay, you can say whatever you want, were you offended by stuff that you read, or? No, no, no. Um, I never was offended by anything I read. Uh, I thought that Ari was sort of like an equal opportunity offender. He said horrible things to women. He said horrible things to black people. He said horrible things to me. And I never took any of it personally because it was in the script. I never thought Jeremy was saying that to Rex. You just thought Doug was an asshole. (laughs) No, no, no. I thought Doug was a really good writer. (laughs) Thank you. I always look at it. When I look back at it, I always go, yeah, you know, no one should speak like that. But Jeremy and the scene which I think a lot of people remember, which you have the the fast and the furious line. But it really is one of these great scenes for both Ari and Lloyd, where you're the you're kind of the shoulder to cry on where he has to get to talk to him. And do you remember when you got that script? Yeah, you know, I that was season two, episode thirteen, and and I'd done several episodes, but like I don't know if you remember in episode five or six. I literally had one line, which was John Cryer on line three. And so, <laughs> now, by the way, uh, I don't know why, but if you watch the DVD, for some reason, when they did the closed captioning, they, I guess they didn't have the rights to John Cryer's name or something. Uh, what? So it says like Mike Horner on line three. It says something really weird. That is weird as hell. <laughs> you know, John Cryer was in a short film of mine. That's probably why that came uh, up. But, you know, that is one of the things also, like your audition was probably not a lot of drama at all. It was probably just a simple little funny thing and again you killed it and were so funny but when you get into those scenes where all of a sudden you're going okay here's a dramatic scene we have no idea how it's gonna go and I do remember that day and I was like wow this is this is awesome because it was yeah I think what I was trying to say with the John Cryer line was at this point in my life and career I'd had the experience of having one line in an episode right and so for me to get that script and like go through the pages and say, I'm in 10 different scenes in this episode. (laughs) And then I thought, oh, and look, I have this long sort of speech to give. I was like, oh, they are taking chance on me. They're trusting me to see if I can rise to the occasion. And I said, I better fucking rise to the occasion. (laughs) And you you did. did. (laughs) You did for sure. And then that's the thing I like, I don't even think about that. When I was writing, I never thought, oh, I wonder if it's going to work. It was just like, I I was loving the character and loving the dynamics between you guys. And fortunately, you were able to deliver and you did. Our working relationship was good. We never had any issues, did we? Not too much. I, you only got mad at me like two or three times. <laughs> Why did I get mad at you? <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to explain at least one of them to you. Um, back when we did Entourage, I didn't really know the difference between uh, making an excuse and giving an explanation for something. <laughs> so, again, Entourage is the job that put me on the map. I didn't know 
anything before this job. And so I literally thought that when you got a job like this, they were going to hand you a book and it was going to say, when you do press, do not you know give away future plot lines. Do not <laughs> give away who's going to be cameo. <laughs> I didn't get the book. Where the hell's the book? No manual. So one, one year I was doing an interview and we had started, we hadn't even started shooting, but you'd sent me some scripts. And someone was like aggressive about, you have to tell me what's going to happen this coming season. (laughs) And I chose to lie to this interviewer, but Doug eventually heard the interview and thought I was telling the truth. (laughs) So here's what I told the interviewer. I said, oh yeah, you know, they sent me three scripts and I I just don't, you know, remember what's in them because they (laughs) they sent them to me so long ago. (laughs) So then I get a call from Doug who's like, First of all, there's no they. I sent you that script. And <laughs> oh, sec- that doesn't sound like Doug at all. <laughs> and second uh, of all, why are you saying that you don't remember it? My writing's not memorable to you. <laughs> I was like, oh. so I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And so all these years later, I'm going to tell you, I was lying to that guy. Well, listen, these- he Doug has said to me on many occasions. Let me tell you something right now, Kevin. They is me. <laughs> that, that should be a T-shirt. That should be a new victory T-shirt. All, they is me. All I want to say. Say is as I've grown, I want to apologize no, no, for no. any for anything that may have come off as nasty. You know, we all have our stresses. You want to apologize to me for last night? <laughs> By the way, just come to the podcast three days in a row. Watch Connolly stress. You'll fucking lose your you mind. Doug and I okay. cursed at each other last night. <laughs> but anyway, I apologize. My, my girlfriend this morning said, "How are things going between? Uh, is everything all right with you and Doug?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever." We said some. All right, we cursed at each other a little bit. He's fine. We talked. We talked this morning. Well, it is Rex. I mean, you probably have friends like this, but my girlfriend and. And Kevin's. They definitely think Kevin and I have this weird thing because we're either I'm talking, laughing so hard on the phone that it annoys her. And Connolly decided to announce at a huge house today. It's not huge. She hears me wherever I am, and she's like, "Obviously, you're talking to Kevin." Or we're we're fighting. Like obviously, you're talking to Kevin, ten year old brothers. But I apologize I, no, no, no. for that. I hate that you just apologized to me because I did not tell you that story. Like right. fishing for an apology, I was just like, but I, all I, these years later, I'm going to set the record straight. I wasn't being an asshole. I, your writing is completely memorable to me. But you know, but what? you're Rex. You're right, though. Sorry to sorry to interrupt yeah. you, but you're right. Like you don't get a manual with some stuff, right? And 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 it's whatever. It sounds like a cliche, but sometimes you learn. Uh, by the way, that could have been a lot worse. I don't know if you remember this. I got in trouble, Rex. A similar thing. <laughs> When we finished, but this was so bad that I, I almost, as the words were coming out of my mouth, but at the end of season three, teed up, I said, well, let's just say that season four starts uh, in a foreign land, which meant that we were doing Medellin. I basically blew the fucking, <laughs> the, I blew the season opener and I got a call from, from like, people higher than Doug. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Who's higher than me? Uh, the, Pivot? They, by they mean they, they mean me. <laughs> he says that to me. That's well, it. I will say this. I don't like the, the, the they means me because I'm a very kind of team player. You are now. I had no idea what I was doing it's when true. I started the show and insecurities and stress and family bills coming at you. It all, it all leads stuff. So anyway, anything I may have or may not said to you, I think we both appreciated each other, but I apologize. So like, how did life change when you came on the show? Was there, was it a big shift or? Uh, well, it ended up being a big shift. It changed my life. Uh, you know, I was, I was what they call in Hollywood, a nobody, an unknown. <laughs> and uh, I, whatever, I accept that as the truth. Um, yeah, I mean, now people yell Lloyd at me while I'm walking down Sunset <laughs> That's Boulevard. what I was going to ask you, right? I was going to say, like, if I people say, tell Sloan, I said, but up, I'm guessing you get a few Lloyds a day. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, Lloyd! people are driving by me while I'm walking on the sidewalk and they'll yell out their window. And I'm like, why don't you pull over and have a conversation <laughs> with me? But whatever. 
it's awesome. I mean, Connolly will tell you that usually they yell, Hey, E, you're a bitch. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what uh, Connolly... When they're feeling like they're in a good mood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's good. There really was this universal love for Lloyd. There really was. I've never heard anybody not tell me they don't love Lloyd, who, you know, ultimately started to go and, and kind of branch out of his own. And, you know, a lot of people ask me, like, what would Lloyd do in the, in the, if there was a sequel or there was a reboot or anything like that? I mean, would you be in? I'm asking you, look like, at Doug. He's trying to pitch you. Tell him to talk to your agent. Well, I'm trying to convince him. By the way, that's what Rex is going to say. Like, listen, I, I, I'm trying to say. He'd be a big agent. I'm available if he's He'd available. be a big agent, wouldn't he? 100%. You know, and he would have maybe, taken Maybe over. a manager. Be maybe great to he see. partnered up and he's my partner at the Murphy Group. Okay, that'll be good. Here we go. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we have so many characters on the show. Obviously, it always is like, how do you get everybody in? But if we did a reboot, everyone has been texting me. Where's Lloyd? Where is he going to be? What's he going to do? And I, I'd like to see him above Ari at some point. I think that would be amazing. <laughs> like Ari has to try to make a deal with him. You know, yeah, that'd be interesting. So did you and Jeremy have any kind of relationship off camera? And I don't mean anything weird. I'm just saying like. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Um, <laughs> not really. I. I don't know if Jeremy's ever going to listen to this, but never. I used to, I used to, as a joke, tell people that, you know, I ran into Jeremy at a party at the Roosevelt once and I tried to like hang out with him <laughs> and I realized, oh no, this guy doesn't like me hanging out with him at a party because I don't have a vagina. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, I get it. This guy likes me at work, but does not want to hang out with me at a party. And once I like once that penetrated my brain, I was like, okay, I know how to deal with this guy now. Yeah, I don't think Jeremy wanted to hang out with Connolly but, at parties either. But is it but is it possible that I mean, like, listen, come on, and and it would to a certain extent it would happen if if Jerry, Dylan, and Adrian and I were out, like people connect you together, and it would kind of freak people out. I mean, I got to imagine that you and Jeremy Piven standing at the bar <laughs> draws a lot of eyeballs. <laughs> Right. Well, I, is are you telling me that's why he wanted to avoid me? I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, again, I'm not like trying to defend Jeremy. No, you're right. He probably didn't want to hang out. You know, like he, said, he, he walks right by me too, so that's okay. Yeah. Well, Rex, if you ever see me at a party and you want to hang out with me, I'm I'm perfectly happy. Doug's happy to hang out with you. I don't go to parties. I don't really even leave my house even pre-COVID. I was never like a big partier. We always said this when we were doing the show. You know, Rex has about as thick a skin as anybody uh, that walks the walk the halls of us. Entourage. I mean, some of these things, and you could tell, and you can tell when somebody's saying, no, it doesn't bother me and it bothers them. I would look at Rex and go, wow, he just doesn't, he just doesn't care. He just does not give a shit if it's funny. He does not. <laughs> there was a day we were on set and Kevin Conley was looking at me and I was like, what the fuck is this guy thinking? He's clearly <laughs> thinking something about me. And so I'm like, dude. What are you thinking right now? And he would not tell me. What were you well, thinking, Kevin? Do you remember well, this? Well, anyway, I, let me just finish yeah. the story and then you tell me what you were thinking. For some reason, I thought, I think I can kind of read his mind in this moment. And I know like the gist of what he's thinking, but I can't put it in words. A season or two later, <laughs> I'm doing a scene. It's the one where I'm like basically telling Ari, he better, you know, give me a raise or a promotion or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm out of there. And then I leave the scene and then Gary Cole's character says, tough queer. And I, <laughs> and I thought, I thought that's what Kevin Conley was thinking in that moment. <laughs> I, I was thinking like he, and I was like, you're right. I was thinking, I was searching for, is he just trying to 
not give a shit? And I was like, no, he just doesn't. Give Wait, a shit. you remember this? I do. I, I I I like to think I was more subtle, but apparently I wasn't. <laughs> but I was looking at him to seeing seeing like I because I was probably you know I I was in a lot of not all of them obviously they did, but I was in a lot of Ari Lloyd scenes, you know. And it was well, some scene where you know uh, Ari Gold is ripping into Lloyd, and I had the thought, yeah, I thought like I said, I thought I was more subtle, but I remember thinking like, yeah, dude, dude's just tough. He just doesn't give a shit. So my question is though, do you think Rex was like bodying you or, or as Jordan Belfort told us, peanutting you? Like, do you think he was going like, what the fuck are you looking at? Or what? No, no, no. I, I honestly thought, didn't realize until this moment that he knew that I was kind of trying to size it up, but you're right. You're right, Rex. That's what it was. I was trying well, to figure I it mean, out. I mean, my memory of this situation's a little fuzzy too, but I could swear that I said, I know you're thinking something <laughs> about me right now. What is it? <laughs> Did you ever take edibles during the, uh, the, the filming? No? <laughs> oh, Doug has developed a horrible uh, drug problem <laughs> post entourage. Uh, listen, I have uh, ingested edibles in my life, <laughs> but uh, a couple things happen. The first thing is I get super fucking horny. <laughs> and then the other thing is when I finally go to sleep, I don't wake up for ages. And so because I know that I might miss, you know, my appointment tomorrow if I take an edible, I'm really like cautious about when I take it. So I did so not. So no. Uh, no. Well, I think, you know, because what I remember about you, Rex, on the show, you were, you know, there's actors, uh, i.e. Kevin Dillon, who like have a lot of fucking issues and stuff. I'm just kidding. But, you know, <laughs> Rex, you were really were. You never really... You never had a complaint. And I used to go, what is Rex thinking? And not about this, because to be honest with you, when you write, you write characters. I'm not thinking, this is not how I think anymore. Drama, E, they're all characters. So I just write. So I never thought is Rex offended by it. It just never entered my brain till we started doing this podcast. Obviously, you want actors to feel like they have something to do, that they feel good about what their character does. You were never one of those actors that kind of complained or asked for more. You kind of showed up, did your job, and you were very close to the vest, what was going on. He's like Emmanuel that way. Yeah. Was it a fun experience for you, forgetting the success of it? Was the work like a fun job? Doug Allen, it's some of the best writing I've ever had to contend with as an actor. It was super fun. Thank you, Rex. I, I had appreciate an amazing that. time. Well, I appreciate. I wasn't fishing for that compliment. Dylan, <laughs> Dylan looks for those, but but uh, I do appreciate it. No, no, but whatever. It's not just the writing. I loved working with everybody on this show. Like yeah. all the actors were professional and nice, and I had a blast. We had a good Thank time, you, Rex. Yeah, yeah. It was Thank a fun. It was. It, it really was. It was a fun time. And then when you moved on after Entourage, you did. You did a show. That was, I don't know, kind of, I mean, you were the, one of the leads. Like, how You're was five years on a show, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was called Young and Hungry. It was completely different. I, you know, at this point, I'd really become accustomed to doing single camera. And then when they were like, now you have to tell a joke. Right. And I was like, what? Well, how do you do that? <laughs> but I learned, and uh, I'm sort of proud of the work I did there, too. But it took me a while to learn. Like, it wasn't automatic for me at all. And was that, because we talk about this a lot for actors out there, about offers versus auditions, which Connolly sadly has never, me too, I've never gotten an offer, neither has Connolly. But Dylan I got, they every, offered me the notebook, bro, so stop telling me. <laughs> oh, but that was an inside <laughs> And they offered me John Q, not an inside, it's a studio movie, two <laughs> <Yeah>. offers. <laughs> but and Dylan, you were going to offer me Entourage, trust me. I mean, Dylan gets offered shit all the time, but were you offered that that show? I was offered that. I, I never met that writer. And for some reason, when he was writing that pilot, he envisioned me, Rex League, in that role. And then I had been on another show on ABC, and basically they had to let me go because they ran out of money. And, and 
the best way for them to save money was to right. fire some actors. Um, and so just by coincidence, the casting directors on that, on the, on the first show happened to be the casting directors on the second show. And so David was like, Oh, you know, we need someone like Rex Lee. And the casting people were like, well, we have to know that he was just let go from his show. So he is free. Yeah, we have someone just like Rex. Yes, Lee. exactly. And so they sent me the script and it was really sweet and it had heart. And I was like, Oh yeah, I, I want to play with you guys. Come on. Great. So I have a question for both you, Doug and Rex. Did Lloyd have a last name? Yes, he did. Should we leave this as a trivia question? <laughs> I honestly can't answer it. But I know he did. Well, I'm probably going to make this a longer answer than it needs to be. No, there, take your time. There was, there was an episode where Ari comes up to Lloyd's condo and he's like looking at the nameplates <laughs> and he's trying to find the buzzer. <laughs> and for whatever reason, you and, and everyone else said, you get to choose the name. And I Googled all these names and I came up with a name and it was on the nameplate. But for some reason that, you know, whatever, that shot got cut out. And so that did not end up being Lloyd's last name. And for some reason, you just decided to give him my last name. So Lloyd's last name is Lee. Do you remember what the name was on the nameplate? What it would have been? It was Son. Lloyd's Son. Lloyd's Son. Hmm. I like Lloyd Lee better. I do. Too. <laughs> I was going to say, it's got a better ring to it. Yeah. So Rex, there's an episode I want to talk about with another one of my favorite cameos, which is Will Sasso, who is a freaking comic genius. And the episode, which is interesting for anyone listening out there, uh, Mad Men was one of my favorite shows. And there were some weird similarities in episodes that had nothing to do with either of us seeing those episodes. But there was an episode uh, on Mad Men where Joan is like sold to Jaguar to get a deal done. And what we did on this show is where Ari is trying to sign Will Sasso as a big time writer. Ari basically is, he likes he likes Lloyd. He's got an attraction to Lloyd and Ari is ready to sell Lloyd down the river for this. Do you remember when you got that script? Because let me just tell you the behind the scenes of that. Carolyn Strauss, who was the best executive I've ever worked with and was incredible. She read that script. And she called me up and she said, Doug, I don't like it. I do not like this. It's your show. I just want you to think about it. And I did. And I really spent a lot of time and just for an afterthought, the Wall Street Journal, that was our show that got reviewed, said the show hit another level after that episode. So it worked. But in this PC culture now, when you got that script where you're supposed to be, you know, you're the guy that is is getting pimped out by your boss, like... Did you have thoughts on that at that time about that or no? I didn't. Um, I, you know, whatever. Ten minutes ago, you said I didn't really complain to you about anything. And I think the reason for that is that I always thought that my job as an actor was to come in and make it work. And by the way, I mean, I wasn't offended. I, I thought this is a really interesting situation where this character is pimping out that character. And and it's in the script that I go to the, the gay club with the, the character Jay, whatever his last name was. And and so I just thought, okay, how do I justify this? What What's going on in Lloyd's mind that makes him willing to do this? And so it was interesting to me as an actor. I didn't care about it. Yeah. And you guys, I mean, really, everyone should watch that episode because, you know, I mean, today, I don't know if they would even let us do it, but it's just the same reminder of that was based on stuff and just like Mad Men did it, which won 20 Emmys. It was based on stuff that really happened in Hollywood and we did it in a way that, you know, entourage style that Ari was going to ultimately realize how wrong he was and come save the day. And hopefully you felt, you know, this, this, you know, uh, love between Lloyd and Ari, which is always what the point was too. What's your favorite episode? Now, Sometimes, like, my favorite episode was, uh, one of my favorites was the mushroom episode, but it was, I was miserable shooting it because I'm Irish and I don't like 
that kind of sun on my body. <laughs> but the end result was great. So is there an, an episode that you like creatively, which is obviously probably ep- season two, episode 13, Exodus. I mean, Doug got nominated for an Emmy. It was like, that episode really put us up on an, on another level. So I'm guessing that's probably one for you, right? For sure. But yeah. is there another episode that, that you like from just the, the entourage world? Well, uh, I'm sorry to be not, you know... Imaginative, right. but the one you just mentioned, Dog Day Afternoon, I, that's one of my favorites. What was Dog Day Afternoon? Oh, the, okay, yeah, the one where that I'm, was a good yeah. one. Right. So I just got like some fan questions, which he, he wants to know how how hard was it to keep a straight face with Pivot? I mean, was it? Uh, I've been asked that many times, and the honest truth <laughs> is that it wasn't hard at all. I'm trying to be in the moment. You know, you asked me if I Rex was offended by anything I ever read. That's you know not the case. But I, as a character, I'm like, why the fuck is my boss, you know, telling me I'm Yoko Ono, you know? (laughs) So I never, I was always very like in the moment and serious. And so there was part of me that was like, oh man, why is he saying this? Like I... I never was in touch with what was funny about it in the moment. Right. So, so you real I mean, listen, unlike some other people, you're a real actor because we had a uh, we had a talk with these guys how they couldn't stop laughing in a scene. I mean, they were drunk because they they got fucking hammered on Grippuccinos, but we were talking about the other day, but you took it seriously as a job and and which is great. You saying and, I didn't take it seriously? <laughs> did you train Rex? Yeah, I mean I like everyone, I I'm trying to be a better actor every day. And tell me a little bit, because I'm interested about your journey before that. I know you're working for the casting director. Where where are you from? I was born in Ohio. And then when I was a year old, my family moved to Boston. And then when we were nine, we moved to a suburb of L.A. And then I went to college in Ohio, which is completely unrelated to the fact that I was born there. And I went to school for music. My degree is in music. Why? Do you play? I played piano in the past. Right, <laughs> I right. have quit since. Right. Uh, and while I was at college, I... I thought, oh, I do not want to be a professional musician. What am I doing here? And I knew I had this impulse to be creative. And I took dance classes. And for like a split second, I was known as a dancer. And that was a really sad period. But then I (laughs) I took my very first acting class. And then I thought, oh, remember when you were three and you would like reenact the stuff you'd seen on TV the night before with your friends? Like, this is it. This is what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. And so I just whatever, started act, taking acting classes. I moved back to LA after college and I met this acting teacher um, who said, you don't have to go to drama school. You just have to learn how to act. And at the time I thought that was the most profound thing I'd ever heard. I just need to learn how to act. Um, <laughs> how do you do that? Well, you just keep studying. And... That's the real trick now, isn't it, Doug? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I uh, I don't know if this is too inside baseball for no, you. Not no, not We love but... inside baseball. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, I, I've definitely had uh, moments in my life as an actor where I was like stuck and I just couldn't get better. And I was like, well, what do I do? What do I do? What's What's wrong? And I just kind of pushed through and kept trying things. And then I, whatever, I'd go up a level and then I'd be stuck again and then I'd, you know, get a little bit better. And I have a question off topic and we, we here at the victory podcast are a comedy podcast. <laughs> anybody remind everybody. I was worried what, about that. Cause yeah. I was like, are, I'm not very funny. You are funny. And, and we always have Dylan when Connolly when Connolly can't get the last, we have Dylan. So go <laughs> yeah, ahead. Dylan. Well, still all these years later, somebody again, Rex, I don't know if this is true. Somebody, somebody, DM, I don't know why they DM me this, but were you in Vegas for the, when the Vegas shooting happened? 
Oh, yeah, I was. Can you tell us that story? Somebody said this to me on Instagram. I was like, I don't know. I was Wait, a little confused on. by it. Kev, you got to set this up, though. So we're talking about... The guy that talked to me said he basically was at a blackjack table with you when it happened, and he was claimed to have been sitting next to you or whatever it was. He was in the casino with you when the shots started, and he asked, told me to ask you about that. So what? what wow. What happened? Yeah, um, I, I go to Las Vegas a lot. Uh, You're a gambler? Or? I, I play the slots. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, I'm definitely a gambler. Yeah. And I happen to be in Las Vegas, and uh, I have a favorite hotel and casino, which is the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. And wow. so, you know, I was quite a bit north of Mandalay Bay. Uh, but, you know, there's just this moment when everyone's talking about, oh, there's a, there's a shooter down there. And then, whatever, people just panic. So a person came running into Cosmopolitan saying, the shooter was right behind her. I don't know what this man or woman heard, but they were convinced there was a shooter nearby. Fear. And so Cosmopolitan went into lockdown mode. They basically took everybody that was on the casino floor out. We went out this weird hallway that's normally reserved for Jesus. employees. And then we went out into like huddled by the fire station. And it was scary because we're all sort of in this weird enclosed area. And, and we thought if there are multiple shooters, like the, the there are these walkways above us and it was like the perfect place for a shooter to be and just we're just ducks in, in a barrel so it was scary but eventually you know they they closed everything down and they let us back in but we had to go up to a room we couldn't gamble um and it was very very scary but you know i guess in hindsight there was really no reason because it was the the shooting was far away was there like information trickling in i mean did you know i mean you obviously didn't know the severity of it right you know hey there's an active shooter they stuck us in this stairwell but did, did you have any idea how i mean when you really think about it, it it's it's crazy that that was a big you know it's a big thing like what when did you find out how big it really was you know i think later that evening like after a few hours or maybe the next day we figured out it was huge and and bad but in the moment so much of the information we were getting was just wrong. So whatever, I'm, I'm that kind of guy that's like, this thing that I'm hearing may or may not be true. Like I was, I was trying to keep myself calm. And so I was trying to figure out if the information I was getting could be trusted or not. But I think that's with any terrorist act, that's half the terror is lack of information and fear yeah. can be as obviously it's not as bad as, as being at that hotel. But when you don't know what's going on, I think that fear can can grip you just as hard. So we know there's one shooter. If there were another one and he's up there, we'd be in trouble. Yeah. Right. And in the moment, you don't know. Like right. You, you just know there is a shooter and then people are saying there are more shooters. And so you just got to say, well, if that's true, then maybe I'm in danger. Yeah. Well, I thank God you're OK. And that was horrible. And uh I, I did think Connolly was trying to, to pimp out his other podcast that, that talks about the Biggie shooting, but I guess not. So. No, but we're not talking about the dossier. That was not a dossier plug. But you, really, you really brought this fucking podcast well, down. Well, no, but I'm going to bring it back up because this is our uh, another big question that, Doug, you can speak on as well. Can we talk about Lloyd's car? What? <laughs> where did that come from? Whose idea? Who pulled the trigger on that one? I mean, it ended up working out. People love it, but we're getting a lot of questions on the IG about the car. So talk to me. I mean, obviously, it's not a question for Rex, which I want to stay on Rex talking, but <laughs> I, I, it was my idea. I thought that I just as, I, I don't know, there's something about Lloyd that was driving that car and the Fast and the Furious line that just, it didn't, it wasn't that it just made me laugh. It was something that I saw in Rex Lloyd that I thought gave him this extra edge that you weren't expecting. And uh, we spent a lot of time looking for the absolute right car. <laughs> well, and, you found it. And right? that was it. Rex, do you remember that? And when you were like, what the fuck is this? Or what was your thought? You know, I didn't quite understand 
why that was the right car for Lloyd. Like I, I just sort of looked at it and I thought, well, I, I guess I like that car. It becomes, uh, I write a character, you come and take it over. And then it becomes really your character, but I'm trying to do it. So it, it would have been interesting if you did say to me, what, what is this? You know, it's just something in me, whether it was in Rex or you that I saw that it worked. That it's funny. I, that I, don't, I don't know how to drive stick shift. And so like the guy that owned the car was like, Anytime the car had to be in motion, he was driving it. So if you look really closely at that episode, you can see this blonde guy in the driver's <laughs> seat. And then the next shot, I'm there. That's funny. But I'm- let me, Rex, did you figure it out when you show up on set and you're like, um, did you know going into the day or did you see it at base camp earlier? When well, the line's in the script. The, the Fast and the Furious line is in the script. So Yeah. I mean, I saw the script, didn't know what the car was going to be. And then when I saw it, I, I didn't get it, but I, I understood it was funny. I was like, oh, that's funny. Well, I have no idea if I made the right choice with the car. What I can tell you is I have heard that line echoed back to me, uh, the Fast and the Furious line, for 15 years. I mean, everybody talks about that. And again, you know, I think all of the combo of it, maybe it wasn't the right car, but the combo of you and Jeremy in that scene was, it was, it was magical to me. And I remember when we were shooting it going, fuck, like, I don't know if anybody's ever going to give us credit for this, but this feels really special to me. So it, it, it was great. Also, too, when that episode aired, I felt a, a jump, if that makes any sense. Yeah, well, um, I mean, I, the town certainly appreciated it. Right. Even Ari Emanuel, the real Ari, had called me and said, how do you know some of these details? Because the real Ari had left CAA kind of in a coup in the middle of the night. And I really, you know, obviously Steve Levinson, you know, was helpful in, in knowing this, but there were just things that I somehow ingested. Even the, the Hamburger Hamlet where we shot, already said, was where he had his meeting. The whole thing was just weird. Wow. But, you know, some It's things, too bad Dylan couldn't get in that episode. Let's get a little Kevin Dylan and Rex going because ultimately Lloyd represented Johnny Drama. You guys go a little <laughs> without me about some of your scenes that you had together that, that have nothing to do with uh, Kevin. My Collins. favorite episode is uh, Rex was in it. Big time when he uh, when I went to the Grand Canyon and I'm pretty much suicidal at that stage. And then you tell me, no, Johnny, it's great. You got the job. What was it? Five towns. It was five towns, right? Yeah. yeah. Five towns got picked up. And that was a, that was a great moment, which yeah. led to victory, which brings us here today. Third victory, I believe. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that was the big one, though, at the Canyon. So Comic-Con. That was the big one, though. That was a real big payoff. Well, what that was you- the fucking dawn of screaming at the top of the world. That's the big one. What do you remember about working with Kevin Dillon, Rex? You know, for years, the fans would say, don't you want a promotion? And I thought, I really don't. (laughs) (laughs) I'd gotten so used to working with Jeremy that I was like, I don't want Lloyd to ever get a promotion. I want him to always be underfoot, under Ari's, you know, foot. Right, yeah. Uh, but that didn't happen, and I didn't complain about it. <laughs> right, <laughs> I, I then, agree with that too. Same thing with Johnny Drama. It's, it was it's more fun to actually watch him struggle, yeah, than uh, have too much success, you know. But once I saw where the story was going, and I made my peace with it, I thought, okay, my new scene partner is Kevin Dillon, and that's not a step down. That's you know, that's a lateral move. It's a lateral so. move. Yeah, it's, it's lateral not like move. you got stuck with Grenier or I. <laughs> No, that wasn't what I meant to imply. <laughs> you know, it's 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 interesting because I remember the first, I think the first thing between you guys was like drama walks in, who is this old school? Get me a Fanta. Get me a Welch's grape <laughs> no, soda. Yeah, I think it was cream soda. <laughs> but do you remember oh, how- was, was it cream soda? Do you remember how mad soda. you were though that like Ari's supposed to have a hot assistant? This is bullshit. Yeah. And, <laughs> and someone says- 
I don't know. E, was it your line? Probably. probably. Like, if it was a boring line, yeah. No, you were mean. like a lot of people no, no, probably think Adrian's he is line. Oh, what does he say? <laughs> Some people think he is hot. <laughs> right. And he's not doing that sarcastically. He's kind of giving you the, the, the way of the future because I look at that scene and I remember it's almost like Johnny Drama is almost like Archie Bunker in that moment where he really is. He's not ready for the new world that is coming. You know, I'm, and I'm serious about that, you know, and I don't know if you were playing it like that, Kevin, or not, but it does. You could look at it like part of you was like, there should be a hot assistant, and part of you doesn't really understand how quickly the world is changing, but whatever. Anyway. Well, I, I remember talking to you about it, Doug, and I was like, I feel like this line, it just makes Johnny Drama look really bad in a way. Why am I being so mean to this guy? And you're like, because you think he should have a hot assistant. <laughs> Bottom line. A big wig should have a hot assistant. I'm like, all right, fair enough. <laughs> I think it is. Johnny Drama was freaking old school. And like walking in, I don't know. Is it not the Welch's grape soda? moment is that not it which it, that was the moment but i can't remember what the soda if there was, was. grape soda or cream soda we'll no but never there know. was a moment which rob weiss came up with this I'll, which I'll was, be, be tossing and turning tonight trying to figure out if it was cream <laughs> no, but it was or so Welch's. funny rob weiss was come, came up with this where he was just like he walks in and orders like ask for a drink and he orders something that's so stupid and obscure that there's no way it's like on hand you know what i mean so you know we have a lot of actors that listen to the podcast and you know, I think it's important to kind of mention, Doug, you and I have talked about this. You know, Rex, aside from your story of sort of being in the trenches as an assistant, as a commercial casting director, which most people don't realize, that says zoo, right? Massive yeah. people, moms, kids, screaming loud, just just mayhem in a commercial casting director office. And, you know, in the prior season, Ari had an assistant and, you know, it for one reason or another, it didn't work out. And then enter Rex Lee. Do you know what I'm saying? So it just it was just sort of meant to be. Because you referenced Samira, who played Emily. Yeah. And yeah, yeah let's you know, talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Emily's first line in season one, episode one is, Hi, I'm Emily, Ari's new assistant. And my first line in season two, episode one is, Hi, I'm Lloyd, Ari's new assistant. <laughs> and I thought that was the running joke that every season he'd have a new assistant. And so in season two, I was like, I better do the best job I can and make these people not want to get rid of me. It just is one of those things where sometimes it, like character pops and it doesn't. And it, but I guess my point is to actors is that it just was meant to be right. It's hard to imagine, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's it, hard to it imagine. Was meant to be. It, it was I, meant I to mean, be. I had an agenda, which was. I do everything I can not Stick to get around. fired. Yeah. Right. There is no question, Rex, by the way, that that was the plan. The plan was to to keep having him replace assistants because he couldn't deal with them. And mm. again, that's for actors to know. You come in and you crush it like you did. My first audition for Entourage was on a Tuesday and the callback was two days later on a Thursday. So I go in and Doug and Larry Charles are on this very low couch. And the whole time <laughs> I was auditioning, they were giggling. Like, they would not stop giggling. And I was like, like, you know, whatever. Sometimes I'm like, oh, my God, they hate me. They're laughing at me. But for some reason, <laughs> I knew they thought I was funny. And I always said, if I don't get this job, that's going to be a really nice memory. It's way better <laughs> that I got the job. Trust me. But And it's even better a memory. But I just remember them just giggling their ass But you off. knew that they thought you were funny. I knew they thought I was funny. And that felt, made me feel good. So did you go home that night and say, I, I think I got this. I think I crushed it. I, I don't know. I felt great about it. I felt like I had a chance. Um, as I said, that was a Thursday. That was the Thursday before Thanksgiving. Wow. And so what, I, what, what came my way immediately was like, they're going to take their time and enjoy their holiday. <laughs> so you have to wait two weeks at least. 
to find out if you got it or you didn't get it. You waited two weeks? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry about no, that. No, that's all right. That's all right. Happy ho- Thanksgiving, Doug. Did you enjoy your holiday, Doug, is the question. <laughs> you know what? I don't know. I am telling you, I have no idea how that went down. I know that the second Rex opened his mouth, which has only happened a couple of times, and Kevin Dillon was one of them, I was like, fuck, this is going to be, like, good. Again, I couldn't promise that him and Jeremy would work together. How do I know? But whatever was written for you for that audition, which I don't know, was there a... Was there a, a a lot of material for the audition or no? Uh, it was two scenes. It was uh, uh, the, the scene from episode one where the boys come in and he orders the diet cream soda. And then a scene from episode four where Ari comes off the elevator and uh, basically like filling him in and saying, you know, Peter Cole covers this and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's nice. Actually, that's a really good memory too, shooting that scene because Jeremy is not that much taller than me, but he's a little bit taller. <laughs> so he was, you know, doing his thing. He's already strides off the elevator and he's walking. And for me to keep up with him, I kind of had to trot. <laughs> and so we do the first take and then the crew just busted out laughing. And I was like, what? And they're like, you're fucking funny. Like, oh, okay. This is good. I like this. <laughs> I mean, I have so many memories of you and Jeremy moving through that office, like where you're trying to keep up with him. And it is, you're both great. All right, guys, Jeremy Piven. Special is, guest. Special <laughs> guest Jeremy Piven is coming in right now. Look at this. Um, yeah. Look at the idyllic setting he has going on. Hey, there's Mike Tyson. <laughs> oh, my God. Is he with Mike Tyson? Kevin Dillon. Hey, Mike. Mike wanted to say hey, hello. Doug, how you guys doing? Look good, Doug. God damn, we got old. Didn't we grow old? I don't know what happened, man. First of all. <laughs> I remember we were a little kids. That's you right. did not you did not grow old because I couldn't believe what you looked like in the ring. That was unbelievable, man. And I'm thank you, Doug. Thank I'm you glad you didn't much, hurt him because I really did think you were gonna hurt him. I really did. So uh, it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it. Everything is good and beautiful. <laughs> this is such an amazing combo. I don't want to forget about Rex, but what are you guys doing together? Why are you together? We're hanging out. We're doing podcasts yeah. together. Podcasts are pretty cool. If you guys are looking for a home, if you're looking for a home. <laughs> Listen, Doug, we just do what we can. That's all we can do. <laughs> and we right? do it pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> you look great, Mike. And we need to get you on this podcast so we can talk about your, your entourage experiences as well. Um, hey, not even that. We can put me inside a new entourage experience. <laughs> Here we go. There we go. Give me a quick, yes. what What are you guys doing really? Is this a podcast for you together or are you on Mike's podcast? I'm, I'm hanging out with Mike. We're we're doing some podcasts together. If you've been together, so I guess it's our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, well, I love it. I hope I had something to do with putting this together in some small way. You, you know you did. <laughs> we, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. I love and it. also, we... We love Rex Lee, and I miss him, and I want to come and do your show in person with Rex, if that's okay. That would be freaking awesome. Hell yeah. So you guys be good, and Mike, I'm going to reach out to you and uh, get you wait. on this. I'm going to touch you, brother. Yes, reach out. I'll touch. I love it. Stay right. safe. Stay safe, boys. Reach out and touch. Love you guys. Love you. Better, right. guys. You make this world. I mean, if that's not an entourage moment right there, Rex, I mean, I don't well, know what to say. I, I think the rival yeah. of the two of them made this the best episode ever, and it's my episode. I, I do as well. <laughs> yeah, your episode, exactly. Big reunion episode. <laughs> Can I ask you a question? What planet am I on right now? <laughs> I mean, was that awesome? What just happened, bro? I mean, kind of though, Rex, you know, I, just like an aside thing, people would always say, 
why were there so many cameos on Entourage? And I said, because that's the life. Like when I walked into Mark Wahlberg said to come over and screen the movie for a couple of his friends. And I walk in, Kevin Durant is sitting on a chair like it's no big deal. I forget who else was there. But the point is, is that's the life. And Jeremy's hanging out with Mike Tyson, which I'm kind of jealous about right now. I don't know what's going on there. But uh, don't think I didn't hear that comment. You got Mike Tyson and I got Connolly. I heard <laughs> Well, I, by the way, I might ship you and Dylan out and bring in Jeremy Pivot and Mike Tyson for the Victory Podcast. Ooh, they seem My so guess happy. is that Mike's doing the podcast and Jeremy's kind of providing uh, comedic color on the side, right? I mean, yeah. is that a weird thing that I said? Does that sound weird? That was awesome. And uh, as I said, I did a pilot with Mike Tyson many yeah, you years said ago. That. You said that. I'm sorry. You know, it's like, times. what can I tell <laughs> <A couple laughs> times. So I don't know. I'm good. I think I'm good. This is, this is amazing. By the way, I'm still sort of in shock, but I think we do. I think we gotta, I think we gotta get, you know, eventually when schedules, uh, you know, let it happen. I think we gotta get the, them together on the podcast, yeah. maybe when COVID yes. lifts and, uh, yes. but it'd be fun to do, uh, to do a reunion. With all of us yeah, there. but Rex, we can't thank you enough for coming thank in. You this so was much. really a lot of fun and great to see you. And uh, you got to come back too, Rex. We got to have you back again. Today, as we record this, this is the 16th anniversary of my first day of shooting on Entourage. What? 16 years ago today wow. was my to first day shooting. Rex, I figured that out by accident wow. yesterday. I'm, wow. I'm really. That's so depressing to me. <laughs> and we're all excited. Like, wow, that's amazing. Doug's like, that's so depressing. <laughs> well, I do want to say one thing to Rex, though. It's 16 years later, and I'm I'm on this six-week push-up act. Do I look more muscular than when the show was going? You I look feel skinnier like- to me. I don't know if Fuck. that's... He's depressed. Fuck. I noticed when you lean back, Doug, you really stuck the chest out a little bit there. I'm not sticking out. This is just natural. This He's is depressed. all that. There's no... There's yeah, no you got padding out. under there. You got to... All right, well, I'm telling you, by the time... Muscles. I'm saying this to everybody right now. It's by the pot. time Rex Lee comes back... I'm putting on an extra 10 pounds of muscle. I'm going to blow tight. You're going to start well. throwing Connolly around. Yeah. Oh, well, that's Not anytime on, soon. That's silly. That's fucking silly right Not there. anytime soon. I don't need the push up. You better do two apps. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Rex, we love you. Thank you so much for doing this. Thanks and, for uh, having me. The podcast is uh, it took got a twist. Some, it it's took got a some twist. excitement going on, but that was awesome. Follow Rex Lee at, at Rex, W-R-E-C-K-S-L-E-E yeah. on Instagram and follow Dylan and wish him well. He's feeling good and looking good. And follow the Victory the Podcast page. Give us a good review and we'll be back next week. Victory the Podcast. Thank you. KD, actually, Rex Lee. We got to get Rex Lee to give us Come a Come on, let's do a victory, Rex. Wait, hold you on, and me. Let me get this too. <laughs> on three. One, two, three, victory!